2: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience week 12 DraftKings picks in preview for the main slate only remember no Thursday, no Sunday night, no Monday night. Main slate, DraftKings Millionaire Maker. Slate, if you're looking for the cheat sheet, that won't be up until, like, Friday night. After I do the rankings or the injury and rankings readjustment show with Dr. Jesse Morris. And don't forget that I'll be live 9.30 a.m. Eastern time on the Pat Mayo Experience Facebook page, DraftKings YouTube channel, available after the fact on the audio podcast as well on Sunday morning, depending on what you So go tune in to that. If you miss the other shows during the week, what are you doing? And I do need to tell you about the Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings Open, $15 to play, three max entry, no rake, $45,000 of guaranteed money. The link is in the description of this video and podcast. If you want to get into a draw for $20 DK this week, all you need to do is smash the like button for the episode, leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section, and tell me your single favorite play, any position below $4,500 this week on the DraftKings main slate. But if you want to get into a draw for 50 DK dollars. Subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. Download the episodes. Leave a five star review. DraftKings handle something you like about the show. Then you're going to draw for 50 DK bucks. Even better than 20. It takes like 30 seconds to do. You might as well check that out. It is the best currency you can give the show. Instead of paying for the show, just leave a review. That's how you can help out. Davis Matic from Daily Roto is on the line right now. How important are iTunes reviews, Davis? Uh, as someone who grinds his very, uh, you know, his very
3: own independent successful podcast, iTunes reviews are—they're really the kindest thing you could do for Pat, uh, and and I really mean that. If you care about Pat at all, or if you care about me, uh, go rate and review our podcast on iTunes.
2: Yes, uh, the Takecast for Davis, which I will eventually be a guest on. When's that show coming? Yeah,
3: we recorded it like out three. We it weeks ago.
2: It comes out tomorrow. It's coming out tomorrow. All right, so yeah. catch catch me on the Takecast tomorrow. I forget what we talked about. I think I gave out Pete Buttig- I forget what I'm
3: going to have to listen I'm going to have to listen back to
2: it tonight when I write up the description. I think I gave out Pete Buttigieg 7 to 1 or 8 to 1 to win the Democratic primary, but he is no longer that deep. He's like 4 to 1 now. You still like it at 4 to 1? I wouldn't bet it at 4 to 1 now. That seems, that's, I mean, that's, I guess
3: that's what I get for, uh, for not having other guests lined up. I, my, I had a, I had a guest cancel on me, which I was going to run last week, which is why your show did not come out last week. And, uh, then it just it ended up, uh, getting pushed.
2: How dare you? You did have Brian Hill on the show. Did he tell you that everyone was going to use him on DraftKings and that he'd suck?
3: No, he did tell, he did tell me though. He said, I do not care about your fantasy team. Like he, he straight up said, he's like, I do not care about this at all. Some guys care. I don't care at all. Oh, did, did he reveal who the guys that he plays with who do care? Uh, he did not. I kind of tried to, I kind of tried to probe it a little bit. If I had to guess on the Atlanta Falcons, who cares? My guess is Calvin Ridley is the number one guy who cares.
2: I I would say that Austin Hooper after the year that he's had, I know he's hurt, but he he definitely cares. cares. Yeah.
3: Yeah, he definitely cares.
2: Yeah, that, I, that's I think Cooper and Ridley seem like the two guys. Do you, do you think that now that we have this new wave of coaches who grew up in the era of fantasy football, like Kingsbury and these guys, do you think that they coach the way that they do, like settling for field goals every single time? Because they have like fantasy matchups where the other team has like David Johnson. They're like, yeah, screw this. I'm just going to sit David Johnson and kick field goals to win my fantasy matchup. I mean, I think they, I think they do
3: the exact opposite. I, I think, I think McVeigh and Cliff, who were like the two really young guys, I, I think that their brains have just been ruined by the by the era of football that they grew up in, like because they know that they're just gonna get trashed on social media, kind of regardless of what they do. So, like, I think McVeigh, which you people think of McVeigh as this mega sharp uh, dude who like you know uses analytics and all his decisions, perhaps no one is more cowardly on fourth downs in
2: all of the NFL than Sean McVeigh. It's it's atrocious his decision making. All right, let's jump in to running backs on the main slate for week 12. Christian McCaffrey's at the very top, but the guy I wanted to talk about we just hit on. Everyone used Brian Hill last week. He's $4,900, so he's up in price. He did have 15 touches. He had a touchdown called back. No one is going to use this guy this week. It's a bad matchup against Tampa Bay on the ground. He seems like the guy that you should play, like this type of player, unknown guy who inherits all the workload, everyone uses him, he sucks. The time to play these guys is usually the week after they suck, but I don't even know if I can get there with him this week. He is our second
3: value running back right now. Now, it's Wednesday morning. Our projections are going to be tweaked a little bit. My guess is, is that we will probably coal his market share of rushing touchdowns a little bit, but it's very hard for me to imagine him at 4.9K not being one of the five best running back plays this week. He played 65% of the snaps last week. And the guy we thought he might lose passing down work to, Kenyon Barner, he actually didn't. Barner was in the game as a rusher only. So, you know, I, I mean, Brian Hill just ran really bad, right? Like, that, that really is the only thing you can say. It's just He just got unlucky in that game. It wasn't like a Ty Johnson situation where, you know, Trey Carson came in and started the game. Like, Hill was the guy. He had the rushing touchdown taken away from him. And, you know, he actually is projected for more fantasy points this week in our stuff than he was last week.
2: That strikes me as odd, though, in this situation. Is it only because they're in a four-and-a-half point favorite against Tampa? But the matchup itself is far worse on paper. Uh, it's just because of
3: their team total. I their team total last week was what twenty one points, and it is significantly higher than that this week. So that's going to feed into a lot of his. Uh, yeah, they have a twenty eight point team total. So, yeah, it's just that's just going to feed from that.
2: Yeah, but they're also going up against the number one DVOA rush defense now instead of the thirty second ranked run defense.
3: Well a lot of the stuff that we do is not so much feeding into uh like i mean it's it's like maybe we moved his yards per carry from 3.9 to 3.4 but just from like a, a, a macro level of projecting uh that stuff tends to not over the long run super matter now maybe in very micro instances it can help you make decisions but when you're with like projections are a lot of like um kind of like historical regression and and so the tampa bay run defense being really good is not going to impact his projection that much
2: all right so at the top it's mccaffrey he's over ten thousand dollars again seems like he's he's maxed out at ten thousand five hundred dollars then you go down below him elvin kamara is eighty two hundred dollars against carolina i think this might be the first week where i i don't think the christian mccaffrey is the best value on the slate i know daily roto doesn't have it that way but Playing Christian McCaffrey, I think he outscored every running back on the main slate last week by 10 points. Uh, Even when I looked at some of the winning lineups, Christian McCaffrey was in them. The price is right, but it just seems like Alvin Kamara is too low at 8200
3: Yeah, I mean, we actually have Alvin Kamara projected for .4 points less than Christian McCaffrey in total, and given the salary difference, yeah, I mean, Alvin Kamara is,
2: in my mind, the best play of the slate, probably. So does that mean when you go on the Gill cast, you'll be like, I had all the Alvin Kamara and he like fumbles three times and gets hurt?
3: Yeah, it's just I'm gonna go on the gill cast and you know whoever I play in my biggest game is gonna fade Kamara and uh, you know like clearly Kamara's just gonna have a you know
2: just a bad game like like we can just pretty much write this stuff up right now. Do you think the only downside to Kamara in this is- instance over McCaffrey is, and we saw McCaffrey score 30 plus DraftKings points without scoring a touchdown last week, so Kamara can kind of do the same thing. But I would think that the market share of touchdowns for the Saints overall for Kamara is far less than it would be for the market share of touchdowns for McCaffrey on Carolina, even if they're projected to score fewer points.
3: Oh, definitely. I mean, when the Panthers get inside the 10 yard line, it's like they they don't even care about like winning the game. It's like all they care about is finding a way to get Christian McCaffrey a touchdown when they get close. So like, it, yeah, like he, he has an absurd market share of that team's like total point scoring.
2: It just strikes me as odd. Like, you have those two guys, and even when I was doing my season-long rankings this week, it was those two, and then I had problems ranking who was going to be number three. Like, those two were so clearly above everyone else. Do you think that there's any viability to seeing if you can jam both those guys into a lineup?
3: I mean, I think the issue you're
2: going to have with that is there are some phenomenal receiver plays
3: this week. You know, Julio is 8K flat. Odell Beckham is 7K against Miami. Calvin Ridley is uh, really cheap. Jarvis Landry, uh, they have this matchup against Miami. So like I, I think that's probably the issue you're going to have.
2: Hmm. I think I'd still rather roll the dice on a cheaper middle-ish receiver than just paying down at running back with God knows who yeah
3: i mean and and i think there are some other like i mean i you know i think josh jacobs is probably pretty good at 7.4 see see, i don't
2: like let's talk about this entire range then so kamara is 82 for whatever reason then like there's a thousand dollar tier of receivers where why wouldn't you just pay up for kamara and find the money that way because you have chubb you have connor who's probably not going to play barkley is 79 elliott Jacobs, Fournette, Jalen Samuels, who looks like he's going to draw the quote-unquote start. He's at 72. Then it's Derrick Henry at $6,900. Like, Derrick Henry has the best matchup of all of those guys, except for maybe Saquon. But I just don't understand why you would play any of them when you can get up to Kamara. Like, it could, it can't be that hard. Like, even if you have to punt on defense, it would be worth it to get up to Kamara.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think Kamara is... I mean, I, I, he's pretty much a lock, I think. I, I just... I don't even know... Like even if you were making ten teams, I think you probably play him in everyone. And if you're making 150 teams, uh, I mean, I think you still probably want to be 60 percent or so on Kamara. Like I, I, he just he, he is very clearly the best play.
2: Yeah, so the other two, like Derrick Henry and Leonard Fournette, uh, i probably fade Fournette. I just worry about the rushing upside against Tennessee because I do look at some of these matchups. Tennessee, a team you can pass all over, more difficult to run all over. The floor would be fine because they'll still get involved in the receiving game, but just going to Derrick Henry. Like, why would I pay $8,100 for Nick Chubb and when I could have Derrick Henry for $6,900? And now they are, with Kareem Hunt returning, they're essentially the same player.
3: Yeah. I mean, I, I am, I'm totally with you. Like, I, I I think that uh, this range is, is dead. Like I, I'm not really interested in any of these guys. I don't have much interest in Henry, much interest in Fournette. I mean, maybe I do a little bit in Jalen Samuels, you know, just because Cincinnati, right? Like Cincinnati's, they're horrible.
2: I don't know. Maybe J- Jalen might be a good play. The the only one that I would actually go to here, like I guess it depends on the health of Benny Snell, but just with the way that the running backs were utilized and that we've seen so far with Pittsburgh, when James Conner has been out and Snell has been out, I would much rather play Trey Edmonds at thirty nine hundred dollars and play Jalen Samuels. Man, that would be that
3: would be quite the play. Oh yeah, I I I agree though. Like he had the he had the twelve rushes against Indianapolis. I mean. <laughs> you know maybe he scores twice or something i i, I could see it
2: he had the 12 rushes against indianapolis and after james conner was injured in the thursday night game against cleveland he ended up playing the most snaps of all the running backs and they were losing the entire time yeah yeah no i
3: it it's a it's a real thing it's clear that uh this like knee injury that jalen samuels had they they just are not going to use him like uh like a running back right they they are just not going to use him that he's going to be like a like a slot wide receiver really more than anything
2: and if that's going to be the case then we're probably going to see a lot of sets where they're both on the field at the same time because it doesn't look like juju is going to play it doesn't look like deontay johnson's going to play so they have james washington vance refrigeration and a bunch of fucking nobodies
3: yeah yeah no that's I mean but that's the thing though like the fact that they have so many guys out and and that their passing game is so limited with Mason Rudolph anyways like if we think we can get eight Jalen Samuels carries and 10 Jalen Samuels
2: targets I that's a pretty like interesting player to me at 7,200 I I just don't think that you need to pay like pay up in that range to get him in particular when you can have a guy on his own team who might touch the ball 15 times for 3,900 yeah I mean I mean
3: Henry Henry is probably a better play I hate Derrick Henry, but he's probably the better play.
2: All right, so the entire six k range below Derrick Henry, you got Carson Bell, Latavius Mixon, Kareem Hunt, and now we're into the five thousand. There's not a lot of people in the six thousand area. Hunt, yeah, literally Mon- no one. Montgomery, Singletary, James White, Philip Lindsay, Devonta Freeman, who doesn't look like he's going to play. Then Miles Sanders at five k on the dot. Looking at it, I can make a case for Kareem Hunt. I'm not going to lie to you, just with his patch get, like basically what every everything you just talked about. As it pertains to Jalen Samuel, you can get from Kareem Hunt, and it's probably more solidified.
3: Yeah, Hunt would be the only guy I would anticipate having in, uh, like, my MME mix at all. You know, not not interested not in Lindsay at all.
2: Not interested in Lindsay.
3: So, what happened with Philip Lindsay is, ever since Brandon Allen took over, they just have stopped throwing to the running backs. The running backs went from having over twenty five percent of the target share in the Denver offense to having nine percent of the target share in the Denver offense. So, for Lindsay. We're talking about him, like the Broncos having to go to Buffalo and him having to score twice. And, you know, I, I, they still give Royce Freeman some goal line work. So I, I'm I'm
2: not like I would probably play Singletary actually over Lindsey. You know who might actually be a play here? David Montgomery at fifty five hundred bucks. He in the games when Chase Daniel has played, and this is assuming that Chase Daniel's starting for the Bears. Those are the games when Montgomery got the most involved, especially in the passing game. You know what's you know what's bad
3: for running backs who are already fat and bad
2: that they're all, uh, rolling they're, their ankle <laughs> yeah. it's not great, but you know he, he at least played through it last week and now we have another week and now you're facing
3: he, the he is he is the worst running back that like fantasy twitter ever convinced themselves was good
2: he there David Montgomery is no different than Bo Scarborough. They, see that's fantastic news and one thing I really lucked out in the preseason where i I, where I usually go against, like, I actually bought into Chris Godwin this year, which is now turning itself on its head. It was great through, like, eight weeks. But just having Jacobs over Montgomery as, like, a stand, yeah, was, flag yeah, in the was, ground. it was a was big a, print, yeah. And it's huge, too, because, like, Montgomery was being drafted ahead of Josh Jacobs for whatever reason. Like, the I, a lot of my teams got laughed at in the uh in the preseason oh, during same. draft time only because i yeah. wasn't i wasn't taking running backs in the first two rounds because i never ended up with like a top five pick i'd always pick at the back end so i'd go like kelsey and a receiver but all my running backs are the same on all my teams i took jacobs in the third round and chris carson in the fourth round and it's been great i mean good for you on carson i i did not take very much of uh, of
3: chris carson but josh jacobs is my uh well Josh Jacobs and Damian Williams are two of my highest owned running backs. So one of those worked out and one of those did not. But I I can very happily report that uh, I have David Montgomery on zero uh, of my, I don't know, the the, crazy amount of fantasy teams that I drafted. I, I think David Montgomery is more likely to be out of the league after his rookie contract than get signed to a second contract.
2: I mean, very, I can't imagine that there are a, unless you're an elite running back, how many actually stick around after your rookie contract? I, I the percentage is very low. Like I like I like a third,
3: a third round running back who's bad as a rookie. I, I bet the historical odds would say that guy oftentimes does not get the second contract.
2: If you go to dailyrotto.com right now and use the promo code, the PME, you'll get yourself a discount you get access to all the strategy articles, all the write-ups every day, and you can get all the sports if you want. But the optimizer and the projection system for NFL is the best in the business. Did someone win a million bucks last week? Someone won a million bucks using the Daily Roto Tools. NH Payne used the uh,
3: the Daily Roto Tools, and of course, you know, banked a million. Why so, not? So is that double digit millionaire maker winners now? I believe that's number nine. No. I, I can't. There, there might have there might have been a tenth this year. I, I can't. You know, it's a lot of guys. In no, no, yep, no, that's ten because uh, now I'm saying one. So NH Payne was number ten.
2: Oh yeah, double digit millionaire. Maker winners from Daily Roto. So you might as well get access to the same tools. When what, what are you are and I going to win a million dollars? Never. Pat. It's never going to fucking happen, man. <laughs> because I see, I see the projections that they spit out. And I'm like, well, I don't think that's right. That's stupid. I'm going to play this right. shitty guy instead. Yeah. You do the same thing. Yep.
3: Oh, of course I do. I, every, every week I'm, I'm, I'm G chatting, you know, I'm talking to Drew and Mike and I'm like, you know, they, they actually I I have a great example for you of this DK Metcalf, the week that they played the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, you, you know, he had what 35 DraftKings points in that game and was on the millionaire maker winning team. And I spent all week arguing with Drew and Mike that our projection
2: on DK Metcalf was too high and was too aggressive and they didn't listen to me, you know, thank goodness. I say that's why they're the professionals and they're the ones who input the data and you're just the guy who comes out and talks about it
3: right exactly yeah I am the I'm the media guy I'm a you know I'm Stephen A. Maddox and uh you know they're the guys doing the hard work
2: oh man that's what you should definitely do you want to blow up your Twitter do some blackface and go as uh D- Davis A. Smith or Stephen A. Maddock. there you go you'll get all the mentions Davis I swear to god I don't know if that's the type of engagement that I want to be chasing. That's probably, I mean, I don't want to do it. Not something that I would do, but I'm just throwing it out there as an idea.
3: Not, not your best idea. Not your best idea. Although you're right. It would, uh, there would be a lot
2: of engagements to be had. There would be a lot of, listen, that clip would be shared. I'll tell you that much.
3: Yes it would. That would uh I would I would definitely be a viral moment for my Twitter account.
2: Yeah. So, I bet you the Daily Roto Optimizer loves Miles Sanders this week cuz I don't like Miles Sanders. I think that Jordan Howard's going to end up playing. And if Jordan Howard plays, I want to play him against Seattle.
3: Yeah, I mean, if Jordan Howard plays, then Miles Sanders is going to go to being a, a nothing play, but if Jordan Howard does not play, yeah, Miles Sanders right now is our our top value running back of the week. And and I I get it. Like uh his his market share of targets uh I, I think looking at it seems right. And he played sixty, you know, he got uh eleven carries to Boston Scott seven and this is, you know, this is just going to be an easier matchup for them than playing against New England.
2: See, and I, yeah, I don't necessarily, I mean, it is an easier matchup on paper. They're favored in this game, although the Patriots' run defense isn't great by any means. The problem with Miles Sanders is that he's not a good running back. He's a, like a scat back, and once we get into the situation, we've seen Dud Peterson do this with Eagles running backs anyway. The fact that Boston Scott got seven carries should be somewhat concerning, especially that now that Jay Ajayi is going to be active for this game, Lord knows how many he gets. I just don't think that Miles Sanders is going to get any of the goal line work. And that really caps his upside.
3: Yeah. I mean, if he, if it's, if it's definitely true that he gets none of the goal line work, then he it's basically, you're like, okay, he's got to get like six receptions to have a good game. But I, I, if Jordan Howard does not play, Miles Sanders is going to be like, I'll probably play him in cash and he'll probably be one of my highest owned running backs in, in tournaments.
2: Well, I'll do to Miles Sanders. What I did to Brian Hill last week, full fade, just don't do it. Well, full fade on Brian Hill. I mean, what what a sharp move, Pat! You should have printed last week. Yeah, but I didn't because I I played like the worst other. Poly- the problem with fading right. Bri- the problem with fading Brian Hill last week was if you look for a pivot in his price range, they all sucked. Yeah, I mean, uh, there were there were very few running back values last week. Like the guy was the guy in his price range that came through because of garbage time was Carlos Hyde of all people. Carlos Hyde, yeah, he did. What a br- Yeah, that that game, that game really sucked. My will to live. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, so when you when you make the sharp move of fading Brian Hill, but then you play like Deshaun Watson, it's like, oh, great. <laughs> that
3: game had a total of fifty, and it it I just, oh man, Houston was so bad in that game. They were so bad, yeah. Like, and, and and they didn't even really start trying to pass the ball until they
2: were down twenty-one-zero, which is it's always a brutal sign. I should have did the sharp thing when Gary was in here on Sunday morning. Be like, you know who you need to play? Kalen Bellage. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And then it turned out that he was right. Kalen Balaj. Yeah,
3: I mean, what? Ugh. He was so like, he is having one of the worst running back seasons ever. He, he's going to be like the first running back ever to get over 100 carries and less than two yards per
2: carry. That's fine. As long as he continues to catch and get all the goal line work. And he's going to be forty four hundred bucks. Like they're gonna they're gonna start using this dude Patrick Laird. He's gonna.
3: I'm pretty sure Patrick Laird is going to get like fifteen touches this week. Why does everyone think that? Because he is not as horrible as Blodge. He's been better in the passing game, and it just seems like at at some point, if you're a a coach, and, and like Miami is trying in these games, like Miami is is you know putting their best foot forward, and I think as a coach, you look at it and you go like we just can't keep playing this guy he's so bad we got to try something else
2: so of all the running backs below five thousand dollars who have made the short list for you I'm guessing it's Bo Scarborough I like Trey Edmonds if Benny Snell sits and James Connor sits Belage, I think is in play Geis is super intriguing to me it's a good matchup and they really kind of turned to him down the stretch when they were losing granted last week against the Jets but he looked really good well he looked good on his one play no, but just, he looked it, good on one. He looked good on one. No, play. He, he he gained a lot of yardage on one play. But when we're just talking about like quickness, getting to the outside, he had it. Like he looked good. I mean, yeah, he is better than Adrian Peterson. I I don't
3: have I don't have any doubts about him being better than Adrian Peterson. But uh, like he,
2: I don't know. I probably I would rather play Belage than Geis. Honestly, yeah, I would rather play Belage than Geis as well. But would you rather play Bo Scarborough than Geis? No, I
3: mean, Bo Scarborough got, uh, he got one, like, he got no targets. So, like, he's got to score two touchdowns to be in any kind of um, GPP winning lineup. I will probably run a very narrow core of running backs this week and spread it more at uh, at wide receiver, I think, because there just are, to me, there are, like, maybe 10 good running back plays.
2: Yeah, if you are going to pay dead. Like, I'm still trying to think about ways to jam in McCaffrey and Kamara in my same lineup, and that probably needs one of these guys down here potentially maybe just two cheap tight ends or something like that but like sony michelle at forty six hundred dollars against dallas like one of these games sony michelle is going to score three touchdowns like is this the price point where you take that dive i mean new england's going to lose this game by like 10 points so has dallas beat anyone has dallas beat anyone good yet ask yourself that question next week okay well i mean what if we do and then people will be like well the patriots aren't good No, the Patriots are just like they are, just
3: always they are what they are. They are better coached and they execute better than other teams. But uh, when they play super talented teams like the Ravens or like the Dallas Cowboys, who are not as well, the Cowboys are horribly coached. They are maybe one of the five worst coached teams in the NFL, but they have so much talent that uh, they, you know, they just can occasionally win these
2: games. All right, let's move to wide receiver then. Michael Thomas is at the top, $9,300 down in price, despite having a really good game against Tampa. Then Julio at eight, Lockett, Evans, Godwin, Beckham, Edelman, John Brown, Amari Cooper, Kenny Galladay. That's what we're looking at for the top 10 in pricing. Feel like I'd rather play Kamara than Thomas. I like them both, obviously, but I'll take the, the price discount with Kamara. Julio, I get it. I think I'd rather play Odell over all these guys.
3: Yeah, uh, to me, I think Julio and Odell are like the two very best plays of the week. And then everyone else, to me, is is secondary to them. I, I really feel like those two are just such strong plays. Um, So, yeah, like, like I think I, I will probably play both of them in cash games. And I will probably, I probably in like my hand-built team, so like my single entry and three max teams, I'll probably play Julio in
2: all of them. I don't know if I'm going to go to Julio or not this week because I do want to play Beckham. And like I told you, my, my preference for what to do at running back only allows me to pay up for one other guy if I go with that build. And I haven't really worked through all of it yet. But if I use McCaffrey and Kamara at running back and I try to squeeze Odell in there as well, how much am I left with in terms of Yeah, pros? things are getting thin for you. Let's see. I have $4,000 left. I can make that work. I just yeah, need, sure. I just need, you got to tell me the values and I'll just use them.
3: Well, I do have I do have one value wide receiver who I really like that uh, like probably way more than consensus, which is Randall Cobb. Uh, Amari Cooper played only fifty five percent of the snaps last week. He's dealing with this lower body injury. I basically expect Dallas to abandon the run game pretty much entirely once we get to the second quarter i think um what's going to happen is they're going to start the game they're going to try and run zeke on first down it's of course not going to work because zeke is uh i mean zeke is basically just david montgomery now guy looks horrible out there every single snap and they're going to get down either 10-0 or 14-0 and then dak is going to uh you know start throwing the ball and randall cobb is going to get I don't know eight targets probably and is going to and Amari's going to have to deal with the Gilmore shadow coverage anyways so that probably shifts a little bit more of the volume to Gallup and Cobb anyway
2: I was looking at the slate in terms of over unders there's only the one game that's over 50 this week i think the next closest one is 48 so there's like two yeah. or three sneaky shootout games that we're not going to see coming cuz that happens every week is patriots cowboys a potential shootout Yeah, because the Patriots
3: defense has shown that when they face, uh, you know, competent offenses, you know, not the Philadelphia Eagles, more like the Baltimore Ravens, uh, they they can be had, right? And the Dallas Cowboys actually lead the NFL in yards per play. So I would think that... uh, there's there's definitely a possibility of that. And as we know, Dallas is horribly coached and there, you know, the defense is not going to be ready for whatever it is that Bill Belichick throws at them this week. And uh, I also think that Belichick is smart enough to know that uh, th- I, I think that he's going to use more Rex Burkhead in this game. I, I think they're not going to do the Sony Michelle thing much in this game against Dallas.
2: I can potentially see that. I was just talking about the price point for Sony Michel. We know what his touchdown upside is, and it's a lot for the price that he's at. It's almost like Jordan Howard where he's at if he ends up playing. Like, he's so cheap in a decent matchup. It's like, well, I mean, he could have three touchdowns here. He gets all the goal line work. That would be something to look at, but I do worry a little bit about this Patriots offense and how many points they can put up. Like, they probably do score a defensive touchdown in this game. <laughs> I mean, they don't. They score a defensive touchdown in every game, pretty much. It's just like what they do, basically. But the, the problem with Cobb is he's forty eight hundred bucks. Like he's not super cheap.
3: No, uh, but I mean, you do probably need in most constructions you need one wide receiver cheaper than five thousand, and uh, it it's it's gross. Like James Washington is there with uh, with Smith Schuster and Dante Johnson injured. Um, Tyler yeah.
2: Boyd, you know, probably not. Uh, yeah. Hunter Renfro. Like, I, I was going to say the name you didn't hit on it, $4,100. If Alshon sits again, I like this yeah, matchup. Yeah, Nelson Aguilar. Aguilar. I hate Nelson Aguilar, but this is a perfect Nelson Aguilar spot.
3: Yeah, and uh, he uh, he uh, deleted his Instagram because so many people were being mean to him. <laughs> I don't know. I just said sticking
2: in my craw. Oh, imagine if if Andercust had the same sort of thin skin as Nelson Aguilar.
3: Yeah, imagine it. Imagine if he was thin-skinned.
2: Yeah, well, yeah you got to sit there and take it. That's part of the gig. But now I like Aguilar this week at $4,100. I think he's just a guy you can save money with. Who I I just always think of the Nelson Aguilar game in my head. It's like, oh, he had 16 targets. So he had eight catches for 47 for yards. yards. Yeah, 67 yards. Yeah, and hopefully he scores two touchdowns. <laughs>
3: Yeah, that's, uh, that's that's the Nelson. I
2: mean, if you play Nelson Aguilar this week and you get 12 out of him, you probably feel good about that. So now my lineup is looking better. It's got Nelson Aguilar in it. All of a sudden, you know, I, I still have $4,100 left per player. So is there anyone even cheaper? I thought I had a Russell Gage touchdown last week, but then it didn't count. That was no fun.
3: Yeah, they called it back. Uh, no, I mean, as far as, as, far as cheap guys go, um, it, it's not great at wide receiver. Yeah, it is. It's like, you know, Hunter Renfro... He's, I mean, ugh, yeah, what, Adam what, Humphreys, I what, a, guess.
2: what about Alex Erickson if Tate and Green are both going to sit? Yeah,
3: if, if both of those guys don't go, I mean, we could definitely see. The, the, the issue that I have with the Bengals is I, I would probably just rather pretend that they're not on the slate. This guy, Ryan Finley, Pat, is, uh, I mean, he is an embarrassment to the game. Like, he, he is, I think, the most weak-armed quarterback I've ever seen in the NFL.
2: He's a disgrace to the game? like happy Gilmore was to golf.
3: Like he just shouldn't be in an NFL roster.
2: I think like, he's just, he's too horrible. So what is the point of playing him? Like, is this their way of tanking by not playing Dalton? Yeah. Their, their way of tanking
3: is like, so, so Miami won a game and I think they were like, okay, now we got, we're going to get Joe Burrow or Tua or Hertz or whoever it is that they decide is the quarterback. So we, we got to go with the guy who's you somehow even worse than Andy Dalton.
2: Any interest in Scott Miller at $3,100 against the Falcons? Uh, people have been playing Evans and Godwin for weeks or so like two weeks now, and they really haven't done anything. The Scott Miller guy is playing a high percentage of snaps and just running deep routes down the field.
3: Yeah. He is like kind of replaced those like worthless Brashad Perryman snaps, like Perryman snaps went way down and Bray and Miller snaps went way up. And uh, Scotty Miller I think he's good. Like, I, I think he's like a, a pretty talented little guy. So yeah, I mean, 3,100, I, I've made worse plays.
2: And like, if if you're playing like a superstars and scrubs type roster, like the 3,100 or $3,300 type of guy you want to play probably isn't the Hunter Renfro's of the world. It's the guy who can make bank on one play. Yeah,
3: I mean, especially in tournaments. Yeah, you'd rather have Scotty Miller who could have three targets, 94 yards, and a touchdown. Like, you'd you definitely rather have that.
2: Yeah, sort of like the old-school Ted Giddin game at 3800 bucks, Either zero or 28 DraftKings points. Oh, man. The prospect of you finding a new Ted Giddin, like, you have to just be giddy. Well, the other one who's down there in the, like, 3K, I think he's 3300 bucks. Like, Miami's a 10-point dog against the Browns whose defense... Got significantly worse after last game, uh, especially from the pressure department. I know Denzel Ward's still back there, but Alan Hearns played 90% of the snaps, and there was, like, no one left on Miami. Uh,
3: I know. I get, yeah, I, no, you're, you're right. It
2: sounds gross, but he's a guy who's going to get, like, six targets, and he's 30...
3: No, you are. You're right.
2: 3,300.
3: Yeah, just... I don't know. Like, I my pool probably is just not going to get that deep. Like, you got to be playing... Like, and I because I'm probably not going to try and do the McCaffrey Kamara thing. I, I I think I will I will just let that sort itself out naturally without having to turn to Alan Hearns.
2: Well, the only other one who's down in the 3K level that I like is good every week for the over on his receiving prop, Demarius Thomas. You want to pencil on a guy for like five for 45, he's your man. Eventually he's gonna score a touchdown. Yeah, eventually. I mean, I'm surprised
3: I'm surprised you didn't bring up like Kelvin Harmon or Trey Quinn who've who've been getting targets with uh, Paul Richardson banged up.
2: No, yeah, almost sort of the same thing as you said, as it pertains to the Cincinnati Bengals. I think that the only Redskin that I'll ever continue to play right now is scoring McLaurin. Scoring McLaurin? Yeah, I mean, it's just like, you're just better off not playing these guys, honestly. Yeah, it's almost like the Tennessee receivers. Like, I'd like to play A.J. Brown. I'd like to play Corey Davis. But no, I I don't want to do that because then they'll throw Tajay Sharp four touchdowns.
3: Right, exactly. Yeah. And you, I mean, you just like playing guys on these horrible teams is just not fun. I mean, Devontae Parker seems underpriced at 52. Yeah, but then you're playing Devontae Parker if he's 200. Who, who, yeah, who's been great. He's every been single good. Week. Yeah, he has been good. I I don't know. He's like. He does he like he started out the year being horrible at converting his air yards and now he's running like way above expectation at converting them and you just you kind of always have to fear that the inefficient game is coming for him at some point
2: Yeah, and all the other guys that I like are sort of a bit overpriced. Like I really like DJ Moore again. I like him actually more this week than I did last week. I really like DJ Chark again at $6,400. That's the matchup that you want against Tennessee. You want the speedster guys on the outside. Remember we saw Mike Evans light them up, and all of a sudden like Chris Godwin was nowhere to be found because you can just throw bombs down the sidelines and you can have your guy run underneath of it with no one else around him. So I would like to get up to him. But again, if I'm going to do this build where it has Kamara McCaffrey and Odell, Probably can't afford it unless you give me some, like, ultra, ultra low type players.
3: Yeah, and uh, I mean, I, I'm i totally with you on Shark. I, I think Shark is, he is, like, what, the number six wide receiver in fantasy? And uh, he just is, like, he's very rarely owned in, in these large field tournaments.
2: Well, his price point's always super weird. He always falls in that dead range where it's, like, yep. more fun to play Hollywood Brown, who has two catches, instead of Shark, who scores two touchdowns.
3: Yeah, no, you're you're very right. It he it's it's that he it's like somehow if he was like seven point three K, I actually think people would like play him more.
2: Yeah, Sutton is the one with the bad matchup this week that I, that should be super owned, but won't be because he's you know he's gonna draw Tredavious White. Would you just play him anyway? Uh yeah, I mean he his
3: target volume has been the most stable of any wide receiver in the NFL. He's gotten seven to nine targets in every game he's played this year, so yeah. And I mean, I like, he just it, like matchup really does not matter to that dude. Cause he just, he's so big. It's crazy. Like he just, he can just get open against any corner.
2: Uh, I guess the last one is what do you project the ownership will be on Tyler Lockett coming off this lag injury? Um,
3: well, they, I mean, I guess the issue that you're going to have with him is like, what if, what if, uh, what if we should talk about what happens if you're, he's not active. What do you do with, with Metcalf and with Josh Gordon and Jacob Hollister?
2: Well, the, the I'm gonna throw a bit of cold water on Jacob Hollister because Dixon and Wilson are both gonna be back for this game. I still think Hollister is the better play of the three, but just having the presence of those two and just eating away at snaps from him, snaps, yeah, might just you know, once you, you know, I mean, it's hard to score touchdowns from the sidelines unless you're Shaq and Shaq versus and pick off Ben Roethlisberger just walking off the bench, and I don't think that counts in the NFL that only counts on Shaq versus Davis. So it's going to be hard it only to score counts touch. on Shaq versus. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think we get Shaq versus points here. No bonus for that. But if he's only going to play like 55 to 60% of the snaps and like 85 to 90% of the snaps like that, that's a significant hit for him. Yeah, no, that's uh that it, that's a huge hit. Yeah. I, I completely
3: agree. As back to the original question. I don't not, I don't think that, uh, I don't think that Lockett is going to be like that chalky. No, I don't think anyone's going to own him. That
2: was the whole point of bringing it up.
3: Yeah, uh, and I mean, really, if you just played the Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett stack every week this year as one of your, like, if you play three lineups, you do that as one of them, you'd be, like, way up on that on the year. What's Josh Gordon's price?
2: $4,200. i would probably play Josh Gordon at that price before playing Metcalf, I think, if Lockett wasn't there. I mean, yeah, they used him kind of
3: more than I thought. Like he was on the field a, a fair bit in uh, in his first game, which I I did not really anticipate. I, I kind of thought they would they would ease him in a little bit, but they were just like, nope, we got Josh Gordon, we're going to use him.
2: And they went to him in like key spots towards the end of the game. Like he had no targets, no targets. Then all of a sudden, they need to convert third and third and twelves, uh, nearing the end of the game and in an overtime. It's like, oh, let's queue up Josh Gordon here. It's like, all right, that yeah, that's, I mean, he, that, that's he, really, that, he, that's he really encouraging. Yeah, it's it's yeah because he gets open.
3: Right, yeah. I mean, it totally makes sense from, like, a
2: why they would do that perspective because the dude's just going to get open. Quarterbacks and stacks. Russell Wilson is the most expensive quarterback on the slate. It's only 6800 bucks though. Yeah, you, you take Lamar off the main slate, and all of a sudden, quarterback's a bit more reasonable. So Wilson, Ryan, Breeze, Jarsh Allen at 64. Stafford ain't playing. Winston, Carr, Prescott, Brady. That's your $6,000 range. Where's my guy? I'm going to play him again this week. Jeff Driscoll, 5500 Lock him in.
3: You're playing. You're 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 going back to Driscoll, even though he's expensive now. He's not. He's not expensive. He's fifty five hundred. I'm I'm just gonna play uh, Jameis a lot. Like maybe like in over half my lineups,
2: probably. I did that. I I tried that out last week as well. He almost got there. Almost got there. They were on the goal line and just couldn't do it. But sixty two hundred. Yeah. yeah, Jameis. Do I just? Doesn't this feel like? One of the reasons I like Odell so much this week is he's finally got through the hard part of his schedule. And they really do seem like they want to get him. They want to get him the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Like they want to make him happy. They wanna let him have this three touchdown games and maybe just say fuck it. Play Baker and Odell
3: yeah Baker, um, Baker, I, I really like for Baker, I really like for tournaments and and I I guess if I'm gonna take this Julio stance, like I'm gonna have to be playing um, Matt Ryan in these lineups, you know Matt Matt Ryan with uh, Ridley or Julio and then one of the Tampa Bay guys as well. Uh, the guy who's projecting really well for us, who I am not going to play <laughs> under any circumstance is Carson Wentz, just not a freaking snowball's chance in hell that I'm gonna be playing Carson Wentz with uh, my American money.
2: Uh, I, it's funny because when we did the pick show, we all picked Philly because we just assumed everyone was going to bet Seattle and that line doesn't make sense. So usually when that happens, take the nonsensical side of the line. Uh, he hasn't looked good. That team hasn't looked good. Obviously Seattle has been great. Russell Wilson's the MVP. And that was kind of leading me to towards- Russell Wilson is not the MVP. He's not. No, Lamar is the MVP, but people will talk yeah. up Russell. If Russell Wilson wins this game by a bunch and the Ravens lose to the Rams, then all of a sudden Russell Wilson is the betting favorite to be MVP again.
3: Yeah, uh, I mean it's just it's just gonna keep swinging, right? Like whoever whoever has the uh, the better game week to week. um, I don't know. I mean Lamar, like Lamar, I don't know.
2: He's he's so good. Well, whatever. Let's have this discussion then before we really dig into quarterbacks here. Instead of just just play Driscoll, not a bad idea. Guy run fifty yards rushing last week, Davis.
3: I mean uh, Driscoll is uh, surprisingly enough he is uh, popping as like a. He's like a val. He's our sixth highest value in between Russell Wilson and Derek Carr projected for
2: 17.99
3: DraftKings points right now.
2: Yeah, I used him last week at his 4,600. He scored 28 draft. Yeah, he time. was a he was a great good, he was a very good play last week. Yeah, but and no one wanted to play him and no one wants to play him again this week because he's quote, according to you, too expensive at his cheap price. But everything that people want to get from Josh Allen, they can get from Jeff Driscoll at a cheaper price. Uh,
3: I think that's wrong. Josh Allen is Josh Allen. He, he's very good for
2: fantasy. Like say whatever you want. I, I, I listen, Josh Allen for what, real life. Like you're, you're talking to me about Josh Allen, the guy who loves playing Josh Allen in fantasy every single week, but you're getting mini Josh Allen for a thousand dollars cheaper and a much better matchup. Yeah, but you get, you get a, a
3: finite number of lineups to, to create. And actually, I mean, this week Driscoll is like probably a, a better play, but just, Man, I don't know. I don't know if I can say that. Like Josh Allen, he really does just smash for fantasy.
2: Yeah, Josh Allen's great. But let's go look at Jeff Driscoll rushing attempts. Two games this year, five rushing attempts, eight rushing attempts, 51 yards, 37 yards. Swing back to last year. Swing back to last year, and you look at his rushing attempts. He's averaging like six rushing attempts a game, and they're like freebie rushing attempts. His uh, his rushing touchdown, I, I will say this. The
3: defense, they didn't see it coming for a half a second. Like his rushing touchdown, they were like, they, it's so funny to see those zone read plays with like the, the white quarterbacks because the defenses just act like it's an impossibility that the quarterback would ever keep it there. So Driscoll just, he, he fakes the handoff to, to Scarborough. And I mean, for real, just like
2: he could have he slow danced into the end zone. Remember when Andy Dalton used to run the read option and the same thing would happen? Be like, oh my God, Andy Dalton is running. What what is going on here?
3: Yeah, like the the Andy Dalton naked bootleg, like no one's ready. No one No one is ever thinking that's happening. I, the Jets could do the same thing with
2: Darnold, too. No one would ever be ready for it. No, you, you know who used to do this all the time and score a bunch of rushing touchdowns, but he hasn't done it? And I think they're waiting for the playoffs to break this out is Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I mean, Kirk, can he can move a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, Rodgers used to do that stuff, too, but he's just too old now. Oh, this is what I wanted to talk to you about. Because I know you like Dak for MVP, or at least you think that he should be in the conversation for this, and I agree with you. If you look at the odds right now, him and Rogers—yeah, I, I bet him this week. Him and Rogers are both like sixteen to one, I think. And where this this has nothing to do with skill or even how great your stats are. It's a pure narrative award. But Dak can like for if sure. You, if you think that Dallas can beat the Patriots, all of a sudden, if Dak throws for like three thirty and three touchdowns against yeah, the Patriots, the Patriots—he's he, yeah. now he's now in the conversation. You can still get him yep, at sixteen big to one. Especially if,
3: especially if this line for Seattle, Philadelphia holds true and Russ just like loses in like a really unimpressive way against the Eagles. Like it's just a gross game. And, uh, you know, the, the Seahawks look terrible and Russ is not able to mount any sort of comeback. That's going to be, it's going
2: to be big for like Dak will jump to like six to one probably. Yeah, da- yeah, Dak will move up, and it's like if Green Bay goes in and just beat San Francisco on Sunday night, which I think that they're going to. Then, regardless of how Rodgers plays, unless he's abysmal, he'll just get a boost anyway because now Green Bay is one loss and they're winning the NFC. Yeah, well, losses. I mean, what if uh, what if what if McCaffrey has like 210 yards and a touchdown against ne- the Saints? Never gonna happen. No, not that that can't happen, but he's not winning MVP.
3: They'll, they'll just, get- uh, just, I hate, I hate these idiots on Twitter. I hate, I really hate these people who every time someone wants to talk about the MVP, someone, someone's got to bring up McCaffrey, and then like, and then the other guy, like the other guy who like thinks he knows even more about football, says, uh, "Oh, well, Michael Thomas."
2: I, I think that in terms of like overall. I'd say that McCaffrey's a top 10 candidate for MVP. I think he's been excellent. I think the way that he's utilized, if a running back was ever to win MVP and achieve that sort of value, his rushing and receiving does go into that. It's like a, he's basically Marshall Falk right now he's not even having a
3: good receiving year. He's got like 400, he's got like 405 receiving yards for like four yards a target. Sure.
2: It's like, but like the biggest case that you can make with the quarterback is that they're involved in every single play, whether it's handing it off or whether it's throwing, they dictate everything. And In fact, like McCaffrey generates his most receptions in games that they don't win. So that's a negative. That's not how it's looked at as a negative. It's just he's getting more touches. And if he's going to be the only guy in football who's getting like 30 touches a game, like there is value to that just by him getting the ball over and over and potentially breaking the all-purpose yards record. Like, But that just makes him offensive player of the year in my book, not MVP. Yeah, he could. I mean, I
3: I wouldn't be mad if he like won Offensive Player of the Year or whatever. Like he's having a he's having a great season on a a third place team in the NFC South. It's good for him. I'm gonna
2: see right now MVP. Oh, he probably has great. Like he's probably a great bet for that. Actually, I think no. Like there are guys behind him that I would still like. I would bet Kirk Cousins at fifty to one over Christian McCaffrey at twenty eight to one. Like Kirk Cousins has a more reasonable path of being the MVP. He's not. Going to be no, no. Be I ready. meant
3: for offensive player of the year.
2: Oh, they don't have those odds out. I can't find those odds oh, out.
3: Yeah. Oh, I thought you'd have access to everything up there in the Great White North.
2: They just They just don't put them out. Like Prescott, oh, Prescott and Mahomes are both sixteen to one. Watson and Rogers are twelve to one. Wilson and Jackson plus one fifty and plus one sixty. Like, even if you bet the field, Watson, Mahomes, Prescott, and Rogers, like. There's a very good chance that one of those four guys wins over the other two. Like, let's say Baltimore is peaked and now like they go 500 the rest of the year, still win the division, get the two seed, which is on the table. Then Jackson's not MVP. He was first, amazing. He if, was it'd first be amazing half MVP. if, uh, be amazing if
3: Lamar got to play fourth quarters. Like if he just got to play every fourth quarter, That would be really good for his MVP candidacy. But he just like, he stops at like 210 passing yards and 80 rushing yards because he doesn't play in the fourth quarter half the time.
2: Well, Feinberg kind of pointed this out when we were talking about San Francisco is that it seems like they've peaked early and now they're sort of on the downswing. Like they've played the best football they're going to play all season long. I worry the same thing may happen with the Ravens. I think the Ravens have kind of an easier schedule though. They do have an easier schedule, but eventually like you just stop playing that well. Um, and everything doesn't work I mean, as, yeah, as they, efficiently they get, as it's going to.
3: <laughs> yeah, so they get to end their season with the Bills, the Jets, the Browns, and then the Steelers team that probably will be starting, uh, Devlin Hodges, at that point in Week 17. So, like, he's going to get a chance to pad his
2: numbers there at the end. Okay, so Lamar's going to be the MVP. Yeah, he's right. going to be, yeah. So let's not bet Dak, then. I might bet, I might, I mean...
3: 16 to one's pretty good. Like if they reel off, like, well, let's see. well, let's see what the Cowboys schedule is. I don't even know.
2: Maybe they get some cake games too. Cause they get, they get Washington, they, win this they, get, game, they, they get Washington, Philly and the giants again, I believe.
3: Oh, so. Oh, wow. Yeah. So if, well, the problem is, is they play, they're going to have three tough ish games in terms of defense as they, they're going to play the Patriots, the bears and the Rams. And those are going to be tougher games for his stats. Probably.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, Wh- Lamar but, but, Lamar's going to win. But QB wins will go a long way in those games.
3: Yeah, but Lamar's going to they're 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 probably going to win 12 games. So Don't don't forget about the Cowboys narrative
2: too. People love the Cowboys.
3: I know, people do love the Cowboys. That is great. Yeah, people like people would love for the the uh the uh Dallas Cowboys quarterback to win an MVP. That is a real thing.
2: Do you have any thoughts on who might win the Super Bowl? Um I mean, I think the Ravens have to be the favorite for me. The Patriots are the favorite. The Ravens are second. I was looking at the Chiefs at nine to one. I I think they get healthy at a, they have the ability to get healthy for the playoffs (laughs) and them at full health is scary. The, the chiefs,
3: they can't run the ball. They can't defend the run. They have a, they have a bad secondary and they can't, um, you know, uh, pass block. But other than that, I I think they're, are pretty good they actually don't have a bad
2: secondary the secondary has actually been no quite, they're, the, they're, the past, they're actually fine it's just, the past <laughs> defense is has not been, healthy yeah but that's the thing like if they can get the offensive line back healthy the running backs healthy and mahomes healthy at the end of december like they're gonna make the playoffs who cares if they're the four seed it doesn't really matter yeah, t- they, they t- can be Ty- tyreek being d- dinged up is not great though because he
3: does he is as as travis kelsey has kind of started to look 30 years old uh Tyreek is like
2: a big part of that offense sure but they don't need to win the Super Bowl next week they they can win the Super Bowl in February when all these guys have a chance to get healthy right exactly
3: yeah but like I'm, I'm
2: with you if you put the healthy Chiefs team in the AFC playoffs against whoever like they're a coin flip to beat every like all the good teams and they're a huge favorite to smash the bad teams yeah, I mean
3: that, and that's all they got to do, I guess. And I mean, I, I think this version of like, so if the Chiefs and Patriots ended up playing again, this version of the Patriots' offense, I don't, I do not know if they're going to put up thirty-five. Like, I don't know if they're going to be good enough to to hang
2: in like a heavyweight fight this time. Chiefs to win the AFC four to one. Love it. Bills to win the AFC 33 to 1. whatever the number is I don't love it yeah but they're but they're behind teams that aren't gonna make the playoffs and they're gonna make the playoffs like they have the same odds as the Steelers to win the AFC Steelers not making the playoffs Bills going to be in the tournament so that seems like the better bet I just I'm not betting on the Bills man um, you can't make well, me. Well, you get into a situation where if they can, like, pull a. Like, their defense is good enough, they could stage a round one upset against Houston or something like that. Then you can just bet against them the rest of the way, and you already have that 33 to 1 in the bank. Yeah, I mean, I guess,
3: I guess having a having a a number that gets better is like if you were if you're trying to be a smart uh, plus EV sports better, just betting on things that the odds are going to get shorter in the future is like always that uh, just shows that you are ahead of the market. But uh, you know, I'm not
2: one of these smart sports betters. I just bet on the games that I like, Pat. All right, so quarterbacks. If we narrow it down, you like Jameis, I like Driscoll, and we're probably both going to use Baker.
3: Yeah, I I am in. I'm in on Baker for sure. In on Ryan, obviously. Jameis is going to be, you know, whatever. I'm going to eat the Jameis chalk. I'm going to eat the Russ chalk. Uh, Carr and Darnold actually are kind of interesting to me because these are two defenses that just have very, very bad pass defenses. And, uh, you know, also like theoretically the jets were supposed to have a good pass rush but they don't and uh, like i could just see this game just being a total whelp fest where the defenses are so bad and each
2: quarterback throws for 303 i would say the sneakiest of all the stacks here this week is you play derrick henry on one side and bring it back with Foles and shark i'm in yeah i i love i love playing uh, i love playing shark this week Yeah, and just that game has the potential to score a lot of points if teams attack the other teams the right way. You can run all over Jacksonville. You can't run on Tennessee. You can pass on Jacksonville, but not well. You're far more. You're better off running the ball, which Tennessee can do really well, and you can pass all over Tennessee. Like that, that's a perfect match for a fantasy game of playing both sides of it. There we go. Shootout, Jacksonville, Tennessee, thirty points each side. Wonder what the you heard it here first. Wonder what the over under is in that game.
3: Uh, Let me pull it up right now. I assume assume
2: it's a low. It's 41 and a half. I like that over.
3: All right. I'll bet this over right now. I'll parlay it with the basketball game that I'm going to bet tonight. Why just bet the game single. You don't need to parlay probably losing bet pal. I literally just explained this to you like three minutes ago. (laughs) Like (laughs) I'm just I dude I'm just here to have a good time. No. Okay. I'm going to bet. I'm going to bet here. I will bet the over. I'm going to bet this basketball game that I like tonight and I'm and I'm going to parlay them.
2: Okay. Tight ends. If I'm going to play that ridiculous lineup I talked about, the stacked running backs. You're well, Ho- Ho- cheapy. Well, Hooper's probably not going to play. Ertz is now the most expensive guys that are playing at 6000 I really like his spot, but I don't like that price. Like I'd rather allocate that money elsewhere. Ingram's not going to play. Waller's been piss poor for, like, the past three weeks. Cook, Hollister. I mean, I get Ryan Griffin at $4,200. I can get behind that. I preferred him last week when I played him at 2900 But Fant at thirty nine maybe? I don't know. What don't about,
3: know. Uh, what about our, our Lord and Savior, Dallas Goddard? He's been the, uh, like I think since week four, he's been like the tight end six in fantasy and uh, basically is running the same amount of routes and being targeted as often as Ertz.
2: Sure. I don't like any of these guys. I want to find the cheap tight end I can play. Maybe it's Hawken for the first time in like eight weeks. No. I mean, yeah, yeah. Well, you have to, you have to
3: do him, right? Cause you got to find someone to stack with Driscoll.
2: No, I don't think you need to. I think you can just play Driscoll.
3: Just play Driscoll. I love it. I love uh No, I mean, I, I do really, I do really like Goddard. I, I don't think our numbers at DR do as much. Yeah. So uh, here you'll, you'll love this. We have exactly two tight ends as positive values this week. And one of them is going to change when practice reports get filed. So so I think it's it's throw a dart at tight end week.
1: So
2: just basically fade ownership. Maybe Greg Olson yeah, I against mean, the Saints.
3: Yeah, so we have, uh, these are the players we have projected for more than 10 DraftKings points. Ertz, Waller, Fant, Johnny Smith, because we don't have Delaney Walker active this week, and Dallas Goddard. So yeah, just like, it's like, if you if you like a guy or if you like a guy's quarterback, just stack
2: him up with his tight end because tight end is so bad this week uh Dawson Knox at three thousand dollars could be a play just I saw how how much difficulty the Broncos had with big Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph last week and Knox is like those guys but bigger and faster do we uh
3: do we do we think that Cam Brate is going to just be um a starting tight end for the Buccaneers this week like do we think OJ Howard
2: we've seen the last of them don't play Bucks tight ends has it worked out for anyone yet this year have you played any one of them in the right week
3: uh, no, but if, if Howard
2: just does not play, Braid is good in those games, like historically. Sure, but why would we think that this would be any different than any other week where it's like, oh, now OJ Howard's gonna play 99% of the snaps.
3: Well, because the team just out, like last week, Howard wasn't even on the field. He was just outright benched. Like it was, Yeah, he, he, he was,
2: he, but the week before that, he played over 90% of the snaps and there was no indication that he was just gonna sit last week.
3: Well, the indication was that uh he had one of the stupidest plays I've seen an NFL player make this year. Hey, he tried to go around the back with the ball, it just didn't work out. What a donkey. <laughs> it was bad news. It was really bad. Tight end sucks, man. Like I like I I have Goddard in like my main team sitting here saved, but like if Goddard had four targets and one catch for eight yards, am I mega surprised? Uh no, I'm not. What
2: has Hawkinson been doing lately? I assume he just drops every pass that's thrown his way.
3: I mean, he yeah, he's horrible, dude. I mean, he's not horrible, but he just, uh, yeah. Two targets in the last game. Six targets against Chicago, seven against Oakland. But just like, you know, well, the the big issue with Hawkinson is that uh, Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay are just like ahead of the pecking order. And now they're running in the red zone with uh, with Driscoll. So like, he just is never going to score a touchdown, it feels like.
2: Just roll the dice that it's like... Every second week, the island of Doctor Moreau scores a touchdown and play him against the Jets because the Jets suck. How cheap is he? Twenty eight hundred. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Yeah,
3: like, I, like we're we are really at a point where, like, if you told me you were playing Foster Moreau at like ten percent in GPP, <laughs> I I wouldn't be like, yeah, that's horrible. I mean, Olson should get targets. Noah Font should get targets. Maybe maybe we play Vance McDonald in this super cushy matchup. He's had seven targets in each of his last three games. Maybe
2: maybe Vance is okay. Vance is so bad though. Those like he's generally targeted. It seems from watching Steelers games behind the line of scrimmage. I mean,
3: yeah, he's he's bad. He's not good. You know what's crazy is people think of him as like a new player. He's been in the league for like six years.
2: Yeah, but he, like, missed three years with injuries. So people just, like, because they, he was always high, He was always a fun fantasy guy because he would, like, He was flash, always a
3: sleeper, yeah. Yeah, he'd
2: flash a big game, then he'd get hurt for the year and be like, oh, next year? It, it's almost like if Hunter Henry had missed this year again, although he ended up coming back. But he'd be like, oh, man, he's so good in the two games that he played. Like, got to draft him high next year. Well, Hunter Henry is actually good. Yeah, it turns out. But let's say he played these three games this year and got hurt for the year again.
3: And they got hurt for the whole year. Yeah. Yeah, and
2: he'd still go in the sixth round next year. Yeah, and Vance McDonald's been kind of
3: that guy. Where do you think Vance McDonald is drafted in fantasy drafts next year? Is Ben back or is Ben not back? Ben, I think it sounds like he's not going to retire. feels like if he was going to just quit, they, they, they'd they have said it. Because the defense is really good now. So I feel like Ben is like, he's got to be more motivated to come back after watching how good this defense
2: is. What happens when they cut Ben and sign Cam Newton?
3: I mean, finally, like, I mean, more than anything, I just need Juju Smith-Schuster to be good
2: again because it has been heartbreaking how egregious he has been this year. I'm not out on Dawson Knox looking at this. Not a high percentage of targets, but they do use them in the red zone, and he can break a big one. 3000 sure. bucks. Yeah. Dawson Knox, let's throw. Oh, now I'm up to $4,300 per player. If we talk defenses, maybe I can find a cheap one, and I can fill out this team and not hate it so, so much. Who's at the bottom this I got this a week? cheap defense for you. Uh, let me guess. The Dallas Cowboys. No. Dude, just go play the Dolphins. Screw that. Play the Broncos at 2400 bucks. Sure. Yeah. Either one of them. The, yeah. No. No issue. Dolphin. It, I'm, it, I'm I'm there I, for it. I would play the Dolphins if they were fifteen hundred, not two thousand. Like I'm not getting. Yeah, enough, I'm it, not it getting suck, enough. It savings. sucks that they. It does suck that they did not make them just the dead man. But let's, I I'm with you on that. Let's see. I think the Broncos are the best of these bottom end defenses at twenty four hundred bucks. Do you think you just bite the bullet and use the Falcons at thirty five? Hmm. I, well, it's probably not going to happen in any of my stuff
3: because I'm playing so much Jameis and I'll have it set to zero defense versus position. Oh, no, so I probably no, no, won't no, play no, the Falcons no, 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 at
2: all. No, 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 no. Don't do that. Jameis is the one quarterback you don't want to do that with. There is the potential for Jameis to score 40 and a defense to score 40 in a Jameis game. I mean, that is, that is very true. Uh, defenses that I do. I mean, my favorite defense uh, this
3: week is the new Orleans saints for 3,300, the, uh, the Cinderella slipper. It is, it has fallen off on Kyle Allen. He is, um, he is in that Ryan Finley category for me of like guy who just like really should not be in the NFL. No, that, that,
2: that's too far of a take. You went too far one way. Now you've brought it back too far the other way. He's
3: I fine. Mean, he, just, he, like, he, he
2: is, is competent. He had a bad game. You think last Kyle week. Allen is? You think Kyle, I did? No, but Kyle. Yes, I, I think that he's confident. Bad games. He's he's not he's, had incredibly good games. He was good in that Green Bay game.
3: Man, I don't know. It just he, he how does, many good it, he quarterbacks do you like think a, that there
2: are in football? Like ten. Yeah, and he's probably like twenty third. So he should be starting in the NFL.
3: Do we want to? Do we want to do our definitive? Davis Maddock and Pat Mayo's quarterback rankings of like who's good and who's not.
2: I mean, I feel like we should almost call Siege and make this like a Christmas time, like evergreen. No, let's just just
3: go through right now. And I just want you to say yes, good, no, okay? Okay. Rivers. No. No. Winston.
2: Yes. Yeah. Brady. Yes. Yeah. Kyler. Yeah. Goff. No way. No, no. I'd rather have Kyle Dak. Yes. Okay. Matt Ryan. See, I kind of think no. I I think yes. Matt Ryan's still fine. Okay. Aaron Rodgers. Yes.
3: Carson Wentz. Yes. No.
2: Yes. Carson Wentz still is.
3: Baker. Yes. uh, Okay. Dalton. No. Bad. Watson. Good. Wilson. Good. Mahomes. Good. Kirk.
2: Yeah. Good. Oh, Oh, Kirk Cousins. Yes.
3: Yeah. Josh Allen. Yes. I'm on the fence. Jimmy
2: G. Yes. Okay. Carr. He's in that Kyle Allen range. Yes.
3: Yeah. Yeah. He's it. Yeah. He's Kyle Allen. Put it this way. If
2: I was starting a team, uh, I wouldn't want to have Derek Carr.
3: Right. I'd, I'd roll the dice um, to have Jameis. <laughs> mm hmm. Yeah. No, I agree. I would rather have Jameis. Uh, so Minshew and Foles. No. I think no. the answer is no. Yeah. No on both. Daniel Jones. It's a no, no for me, dog. Yeah. No for uh, me Stafford. Well. Yes. Stafford. No. Uh, I think Stafford is having a great year, but like he's just literally never won games. And I don't know what to do with
2: that. I think that he's fine. They, if he had a good team uh, around him, and although Cust is predicting the Lions to go to the Super Bowl next year when Stafford is healthy. So they're definitely going 0 60
3: So yeah, cursed. Uh, Trubisky, clearly awful. Uh, Flacco, bad. Brissett? I think Brissett's good. Yeah, I think he's good too. Uh, Fitzpatrick, bad. Rudolph, bad. Darnold, bad. Case Keenum, bad breeze is good where are we at on Tannehill?
2: i'm out on Tannehill. he's a career backup at this point
3: yeah uh rosen bad um haskins bad driscoll bad so that's 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 everyone who's thrown more than 50 passes this year and then ryan finley and brandon allen who are both bad
2: and then you have ben and cam who would be yeses for me
3: yeah so so that's about 50 50 that that was about that was about 15 guys who we said were good
2: yeah So it's tough. It's tough sledding in the NFL when you're a quarterback.
3: Yeah. I mean, and it is, it's just like when you're bad as a quarterback, it's like just so noticeable how bad you are because it, it just, it like infects your whole team with your horribleness.
2: But there are certain guys that can be propped into certain situations to make themselves look good. I think we, a lot of people, even the Rams themselves convince themselves that, Jared Goff was good, but they had an excellent offensive line. They had a good system that no one had caught up with yet. And given time, he can make... Most of these guys, when given a pocket to throw into, can look really good. It's what happens when that stuff breaks down. Are you good anymore? The answer with Trubisky and Goff is no. No, you are not.
3: Yeah. And I mean, Kyle, I mean, this is what we saw with Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen is playing with a hall of fame, tight end, this amazing running back. He's got DJ Moore. Who's, you know, phenomenal. He's got Curtis Samuel who, you know, creates a lot of space and he's got this genius offensive coordinator in Norv Turner and, you know, and they have a good offensive system. And so he was able to run it for a little bit. And then teams just kind of were like, actually, no, Kyle Allen's not going to do this to us.
2: All right. Would you pay up for Pittsburgh D4K? Um, probably no, no, I probably wouldn't. I think I can yeah, get no. there. So the ones that I'm going to be running through my lineups, depending on the lineups that I build Steelers. you doing that
3: in your McCaffrey Kamara lineups.
2: No, I, I, I couldn't afford it. I'd have to pay down. This is where I'd have, I'd have to take the Broncos. So Steelers, Falcons, Saints, Broncos, I think are going to be my four defenses.
3: Yeah. I liked, I like that Broncos call quite a bit, actually.
2: Yeah. Maybe Cowboys if I want to get tricky.
3: Cowboys, Cowboys is the uh the galaxy brain play where you're like, uh if if the New England Patriots were any other team than the Patriots, the line for this game would be New England minus two and a half.
2: Yeah, but we we've seen Vegas win a whole bunch on setting these big Patriots lines. People are like Patriots are finished. Let's bet against right. them, and they just clean house.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just like I, I look at their offense now and okay, okay, they don't have Josh Gordon. They got, they got Edelman. They got Nkeel Harry. Dorsett's banged up. Like, I just look at their offense. I'm like, they don't have good players anymore.
2: Yeah, it's tough. Tough sledding out there. Anyway, Davis Maddock, follow him on Twitter at Davismatic at dailyroto.com. You can find his work and roto experts. If you use the promo code, the PME, you get yourself a discount at dailyroto.com. Davis, where will you be appearing during the week?
3: Uh, you can find all of my season-long fantasy football content at Roto Experts. You can find my daily fantasy content at DailyRoto.com. I will have a take cast episode coming out with Pat uh, probably in about 24 hours after listening to this. And, uh, well, yeah, of course, uh, also... Leave a rating and review for my show too. When you do Pats, just do both at the same time. It's very easy, and uh, you you'll do it in thirty seconds.
2: Yeah, it's not super hard. But if you do want to get into a draw for fifty DK dollars, review mine first with your DraftKings handle, five star review, and something you like about the show. Remember to subscribe as well. The show is not actually coming out until Thursday morning, so we'll be we'll have dueling podcasts with the same people on them. I bet I bet your show gets more clicks. Yeah, obviously. Come on now.
3: that's why i agree to come on i'm just here for the exposure pat
2: of course why do you why does anyone come on to talk to me you kidding me
3: i actually i actually love doing this show and it's a great it's a great like i feel way more educated and ready to uh to try and win money on this slate now
2: well it's good because we can both do no research because no one expects us to have good picks pretty good. It's good. It's good. It
3: is. It's it's really great. Yeah, it
2: is. It is phenomenal. Yeah. When no one holds you up to a standard of actually being good at this, the expectations are so low that if you get one thing right, people are like, oh my God, what what a week. They just want
3: people when they listen to us, when they when they listen to a show and they're like, okay, we got we got Pat Mayo and we got Davis Maddock. All I want is to be entertained for 45 minutes to an hour, and I literally anything else is a
2: bonus. Hey, and they got over an hour with this one. If they listen to the Tate cast, they're gonna get another hour of it. Nice way to spend your Thursday. Not gonna lie to you. Anyway, I'm Pat Mayo. You can follow me at the PME. On Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, get into that draw for the audio for the fifty DK bucks, for twenty DK bucks. Smash the like button for the episode. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section. Tell me your favorite player overall. Could be a defense, mind you. Under forty five hundred dollars on the DraftKings main slate cheat sheet will be up on Friday evening, or if I get too drunk on Saturday morning. All right, I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Experience.
1: Experience.